Welcome to PICGO Happenings. I'm your host, Diana McFarland. I'm here to give you a front row view of county government. So I'm joined today by Chris Slemp. Chris is the Pennsylvania County Public Safety Director. Chris, thanks for joining us today. Glad to be here. So I guess to start, if you just want to tell me a little bit about what all does your department do? Public Safety Department by county code is responsible for emergency management, animal control, our 911 dispatch center to help coordinate our, all our fire and rescue departments. Our fire marshals come under that as well. It's a little bit of everything that deals with first responders and dealing with day-to-day emergency. And so one of the things that I want to talk to you about, and I think this has been a pretty common theme in this podcast, is COVID and how, I guess, kind of kind of what that's been like responding to COVID in the last year. And I think that's especially true for you because, I mean, you guys are out on the front lines. You're dealing with emergencies, dealing with COVID patients. So talk to me about what that's been like. In the initial stages of it, it was dealing with, number one, how do we respond to those patients? We also had to look at ways how we were going to fund. You know, this this became some unique funding challenges initially, uh, and then FEMA stepped in and, uh, you know, obviously money started flowing from the federal government to help with the purchase of uh, many of these, many of the things we needed. The next challenges were, how do we do things like uh, training? A lot of classes got canceled. Most of our responders are volunteers. And we had many people in classes that, we, we, it was a good year as far as our training went. We had classes that were full. And then we had to stop those. So the next challenge came, how do we continue those and get people certified? Now we're at the vaccination stage. So the challenges have been, how do we get folks to take the vaccine? How do we get the vaccine out there and make it available? You know, that's something we're in the middle of right now. Danville and, and Pennsylvania County have kind of partnered to really get this, get a push on this vaccine with the health department and the Department of Emergency Management. You know, that that's one of our challenges we're facing now with COVID. But there's been challenges along the way. I think we've been able to handle those and, and we've had a lot of communication with uh, other localities around the state. We've all shared ideas uh, through this whole thing, and it's made a big difference, uh, I think, in getting us through it and, mm-hmm. and, and coming out better at the end of it. Right. No, and you mentioned trying to get the community vaccinated. I know your department has played a big role in coordinating the logistics for the, the Gretna Community Vaccination Clinic, which... You know, we're we're trying to get as many vaccines out to our community as we can. And we've yes. been we've been doing as much outreach as we can and as many different ways as we can, just trying to make sure everyone everyone knows that that option is available. The you you mentioned the fire at the chemical plant. That's a good example of just the diversity of things that you guys deal with. You know, oh, yeah. you're 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 coordinating with the volunteer agencies, which I want to get to that in a minute. But, you know, you're, you're coordinating with volunteer agencies for, you know, regular fires, EMS calls, things like that. But then you're also having to do large scale emergency planning, training with a lot of different organizations to make sure that, you know, when there are those big emergencies or possible big emergencies like there was this week at the chemical plant that that we know what we're doing, that, you know, our departments are all on the same page. Yeah, even even during COVID, the emergencies and the disasters didn't stop. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we... In February, we had ice storms. We had to declare a local emergency. And, you know, COVID also adds another layer to work through. If you have enough shelter, it makes it, there's a whole lot more challenges now with COVID. So, uh, you know, that's been something we've had to work around as well. Mm -hmm. And so I want to talk to you about the volunteer system. So I know that our county has... I want to say more than 20 different volunteer agencies, some of them combined fire and rescue, but overall there's more than 20 different agencies. Um, That's 
talk to me about that system, how that system works, and then what's what's kind of your role in working with those different agencies? One of the biggest roles, uh, really, there is I just try to coordinate all of them and keep them keep us on the same sheet of music. In 2015, there was a study done and uh, uh, on fire and rescue, and the biggest thing was we've got to get everybody operating as one. The challenge has been to get everybody to operationally work as one, but still keep their autonomy, which we want them to do. You know, we want Brossville to still be Brossville Fire and Rescue, and uh, we want Callens to still be Callens Fire and Rescue. But we're, we're becoming one system. We're trying to function more, you know, like function and hurt like we would in Ringo. And that's, that's you know, there's been some challenges to that. There's some new concepts with that. But all in all, I think we're, we're, we're moving in that direction. I think our EMS system has turned around totally in the last, well, in the last really 18 to 24 months, it has really turned around. Prior to that, we had several agencies that were really struggling. And uh, we've had now the majority of those agencies are doing very, very well. Uh, some of them have uh, hired some staff to help right. um, or hired their volunteers to help or they may stipend their volunteers. It's hard to get strictly volunteer EMS anymore. EMS right. is so busy. Mm-hmm. And this year we're probably going to run a thousand more calls this year than we did the year before. Wow. On average in about 170 plus EMS calls a week. You know, some of these agencies are averaging five and six EMS calls a day. So right. it's hard to um, strictly rely, uh, depend on volunteers to do that every day. Right. I mean, so then we have have our own EMS staff, our own, well, county staff now, We, um, which is which has helped. And we've, we've always had a contractor, but now we're, they're just county employees. Right. But, uh, you know, the, the biggest challenge to volunteers, there is a decline in volunteerism. Being a volunteer for a fire department or rescue squad, it's an everyday thing. I mean, right. it's a it's a whole business. Twenty four seven. Twenty four seven. Exactly. Uh, you know, I was a volunteer for almost fifteen years. You ran calls at two p.m. and at two a.m. Right. And you did that on July the fourth, and you did that on December the fourth. And right. I mean, it just it doesn't stop. I know that's been. I mean, even when I was with the paper, I, I wrote about that a lot, you know, that know. that decline in volunteerism mm-hmm. and, and you how- You did some great articles, by the way. <laughs> I learned a lot reading some of your articles. You did great research on that. I so. appreciate that. But I mean, even coming into this role, you know, having trying to work on the other side of that and actually try to help it, bring interest to that topic and, and help people get interested in this. Um, I know- yeah, I know it's tough because there's there's more training requirements involved now than there than there used to be, so that doesn't help, and people have less time because they're working more and things like that. So I mean, it's 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 a tricky situation. And you mentioned earlier the our own public safety staff. That was the other thing I wanted to talk to you about. Previously, as you said, we had re- relied on a backup EMS provider. So essentially, you know, if someone calls nine one one the dispatchers would page the volunteer station nearest to them or the few nearest to them. And if no one's available at that point, they would call our contractor who would come in and provide the service. So instead, now, as starting in, in July of last year, we have our own team that's in, in-house, our, our own team that is available 24-7. So can you talk to me a little bit about that and kind of what, what the benefits of having our own public safety staff is? The, well, as far as, you know, what changed between June 30 and July 1 was really just the name on the side of the door and the uniform they wore. Now we have more control over where we put some of those folks and uh, how we respond to certain things. We can use them for other stuff besides just running EMS calls. As an example, this week we used some of our staff to help set up for the vaccination mm-hmm. clinic. 
Mm-hmm. And those, you know, those those staff are, are at Mount Hermon, Chatham, and Hurt. There's an ambulance that's staffed twenty four seven that can either run instead of the volunteers if no one's available, or alongside of them, which is what right. they they also do. And we do. I mean, there's days that uh, volunteers will call because they need. Uh, they may not have an advanced life support provider like a paramedic, and mm-hmm. send. They need that, so we do that. You know, the chemical plant this week, we had both volunteer and career staff ambulances there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I do want to bounce back to the volunteer system. You mentioned, you know, that we want every, we want these stations to keep their autonomy. Obviously, that, you know, we we need these stations to be working together and working with, you know, the public safety staff to to respond well to these emergencies. But these, we respect that these are separate entities and separate agencies, and we want that to remain. Also, Pennsylvania County couldn't just, you know, have a paid Public no. safety staff that covers yeah. everything. A, a big city might because we don't have the the tax base or anything like that. So talk to me a little bit about the importance of the volunteer system. What kind of progress and improvements are we seeing in in our relationship with the volunteer system and how we how we collaborate with them? I believe we communicate with them a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do a newsletter every week. We have um, now the Fire and Rescue Commission, mm-hmm. which they have representation on. We're, we're looking harder. A lot of people. They see the fire truck going down the street to a fire, but they don't know all the things that went in to get that to happen. The volunteers spend an enormous amount of time dealing with things that happened before and after that fire truck goes down the street. So we've been trying to put some effort into how can we help them with those things, because a lot of it's administrative. So there's things we've been trying to figure out, how can we help them with those kind of tasks? You know, the less time they have to spend dealing with all that before and after stuff, the more time they can spend where we really need them the most, and that's to run that call. So uh, fundraising is a big thing. So in the long run, how do we financially support them so they're not having to raise money all the time? And again, they can put that that time toward either training or running call. Right now, I'm trying to figure out, and, and, and I've been talking with them, what else can we do to free the volunteer up to run the call Mm -hmm. and we help with some of these other things that have to happen. Mm -hmm. And I know, I mean, you mentioned funding. I know obviously we can't fund public safety for the entire county, but our our board of supervisors has been very strategic about increasing the amount of funding that that we give. Our board is very pro-public safety. They have been very good to the public safety system. Mm-hmm. Since I've been here, I've been very, very pleased by the support that the board has given us, uh, both financially and just, uh, you know, morally. Mm, no, absolutely. I mean, is there anything? I really appreciate you you coming out today and taking the time to talk. I mean, is there anything else about our public safety or? or, or- We're still looking for volunteers. It is. It does take dedication. It does take time. But it's. I love. I mean, I, I love being a fireman. I'll, I'll go to my grave loving being a fireman. It was all I ever wanted to do as a kid. You know, I love my volunteer time. It was a really good experience for me. We've got a lot of great volunteers in this county, a lot mm-hmm. of dedicated volunteers. You know, but we're looking for more, mm-hmm. uh, especially out in our rural, very out, outward-reaching areas. That, that's a tough, it's tough to draw folks because, right. you know, one of, the, one of the challenges in this county, period, is the size. Right. And, and, and how do you cover the county adequately? And some agencies have a difficulty drawing people because there's just not a lot of people to draw mm-hmm. from. But we need them. If, if you're interested in volunteering, we'd, we'd, we'd love to have you. We'd love to talk to you. They can call me, 434-432-7939 is my office line. They're more than welcome to talk to me. I'll put them in touch with the right station. We, we would love to have some more folks. For young people, it can lead to a great job later on mm-hmm. as well. It did that for me. It's done that for many, many. 
folks, you know, we encourage young folks to, to, to try it out too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and I know I've been doing a, a volunteer of the week campaign for the last six yeah. or so months. And it, I mean, it's basically one volunteer a week that I've been featuring. And I know I'm nowhere near to the end of the list because there's so many volunteers who do good work. But at the same time, you, as you said, our county is so big that there's, mm-hmm. we still need more to, to adequately cover it. That's become very popular, I think, among the volunteers. I, I, from what I can tell, they really are liking that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm glad we're doing it. Uh, I think it's really showcasing some folks that people didn't know did what they did. And I think that, you know, it gives them credit for that. So uh, I'm, I'm loving the fact we're doing that. It's probably one of the more popular things I think that we've done. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I, I think it's going well too. So, well, Chris, I really appreciate it. Thanks for, thanks for being here today. Appreciate you having us. Over the past several weeks, COVID-19 vaccines have become much more widely available in our community. As of today, April 5th, anyone over the age of 18 is eligible to sign up for and receive a COVID-19 vaccine. And even 16 and 17-year-olds can get the Pfizer vaccine with parental consent. If you've been waiting until vaccines are easier to find and more groups are eligible, now's your time to get one. If you're interested in getting a single-dose Johnson & Johnson vaccine, there are several clinics throughout our community where you can find one. The Gretna Community Vaccination Clinic will have 800 doses of the one-and-done J&J vaccine available on Friday, April 9th. Over 600 were given out on Friday, April 2nd. You can sign up by calling 434-432-3582 and leaving a message with your name and phone number. Someone will call you back to schedule your appointment within 48 hours. Again, that number is 434-432-3582. You can also go to PennsylvaniaCountyVA.gov backslash vaccinations and click on the links to schedule an appointment at one of the different community vaccination sites throughout Pennsylvania County and Danville. Remember, COVID-19 vaccines are safe, free, and effective. There is an opportunity for anyone in our community who wants a COVID-19 vaccine to get one. Thank you for listening to Pitco Happenings. I hope you learned something informative. If you have a question, or want to make a comment, give me a call or send a text to 434-489-8739.